gonna clean up your looks with all the lies in the books to make a citizen out of you. Because they sleep with a gun and keep an eye on you, son, so they can watch all the things you do. Because the drugs never work, they're gonna give you a slug, cause they got methods of keeping you clean. They gonna rip up your heads, your inspirations to shreds, another job is a murder machine, they say. Welcome to Commodity Comics. This is episode 13, guys. How are you guys doing? We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jennifer. I remember that we hadn't talked about... uh, We hadn't introduced ourselves for a while. We just (laughs) go right into it. Welcome back, guys. What is El Chisme de la Semana today? Ooh, Chisme de la Semana. So, my chisme, this is Kristen. Uh, is that I watched, uh, they dropped, Fox dropped their trailer for The Gifted, Ooh. which is their new X-Men uh, related TV show. Um, it's written by Matt Nix, um, who, uh, if any of you have watched Burn Notice, I haven't watched that, but I've heard a lot of good stuff about it. And also, um, it's being directed and produced by Brian Singer. What? <laughs> <laughs> What? Who is, um, who you might recognize um, from being um, involved with the X-Men movie uh, franchise. So, I know there's a lot of very strong feelings <laughs> about those movies. And I have to say, I'm a, I'm a big X-Men fan. Uh, I loved all the cartoons. I, um, I'm a big Wolverine fan. I'm actually, because of the cartoon, a big Gambit fan. <laughs> oh, yeah, right? Uh, uh, who is that? I love me some Gambit. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I, being an X-Men fan... Before I was a comic book uh, reader or comic store owner, um, I actually enjoyed every single last one of those X-Men films. And I know that uh, I might get a lot of hate for that, but um, to redeem myself uh, amongst you and in your eyes, I will (laughs) let you know that when I walked out of that X-Men Days of Future Past, I was so upset <laughs> um, because at that point I had already been reading the books and uh, I was like, no, that's not right. That's not happened. You're not doing it wrong. <laughs> uh, so oh, man. so um, keep an eye out on that. Uh, it is, uh, oh, you know what? I don't remember when it said that it was going to be coming. I think it's going to be a summer series. Um, and they do have some confirmed X-Men uh, already. Uh, it might be some characters that aren't too, like, noticed. Um, it's not a Wolverine and a, a Jean Grey, but um, the ones that have been confirmed are uh, Eclipse, Blink, oh. Polaris, and Thunderbird. Polaris! Oh, Polaris! Yeah. <laughs> Thunderbird, too. I remember Thunderbird. I remember Polaris, totally. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, I did make a note. It, it'll be coming out in fall. Oh, cool. And if there are any True Blood fans out there, uh, Stephen Moyer is actually going to be in uh, in the in the show. I like Stephen Moyer. Stephen Moyer. Who, was, who did he play in he, True Blood? Okay. He, he played <laughs> the main vampire. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Bill, Bill, Bill Compton. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That one. I thought it was the hot one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the other hot one. <laughs> 
Hound. Yeah, the other Hound. The other Hound. <laughs> yes. I actually read all those books. I um, read most of them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, most of them. I fell off at some point, mm-hmm. but um, they were so cheesy, and I loved every last <laughs> one. <laughs> Same. Those titles too. Dead as a doornail. Yeah. Like. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, so that's my cheese man. Nice. <laughs> what about you, Jen? My achievement of la semana is a little bit less lighthearted. Um, Marvel has announced that they are canceling Black Panther and the crew after its second issue. Boo. Due to yeah, I know. Due to low sales. I mean, they haven't even like let the book be out for longer than a month or whatever so that sales can pick up but mm, whatever I guess yeah it, it makes me a little bit curious about the fact that a book is being cancelled okay so the way that com- we know that comic books get ordered three months out so um, only two have hit the shelf but that means that we probably have already uh, comic book stores have already put in orders to up to at least issue five um, and so I guess that means that the orders for those books um, have just been super low. And mm-hmm. it makes me really sad because um, these these orders are being put in without really even being – all you get is like a, sh- a tiny little paragraph in previews, and you have to base your orders on that. And mm-hmm. if you're a small local comic book shop, sometimes it, it's like taking a chance like that. Um, is real could be really detrimental to your um, your bottom line. So mm-hmm. um, I really wish that the comic book industry could somehow solve this issue um, because I was really I haven't even read number one yet. I do have it on my to read pile, but I was so looking forward to it. Yeah. I have read issues one and two, and they are great. They're really good political comics because oh, they feature all, awesome. all the black characters. all the black oh. characters like they have they oh god like uh like i was just so frustrated when they was announced so they're gonna publish all the issues that have been basically commissioned all the way up to issue number six mm-hmm. but it is now canceled and i'm just like they didn't even give the book a chance. a chance to like breathe yeah for it like we sold pretty well on it Mm-hmm. Um, at the store. So, I mean, our shop is in a major metropolitan area, mm-hmm. and um, our shop is also in uh, Santa Monica, California, which is a very highly liberal area. Um, I do still see the comic book industry being affected by a lot of smaller rural um, co- locations where comic book shops are located, and they are um, at the mercy of um, their not so liberal constituent. That's not the right word. Their <laughs> customers. <laughs> wrong, wrong political field. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> you know, um, I wonder if these uh, six books that are be- are coming out, um, if they do well. Like, if they would be consider if they would actually consider just publishing a trade paperback. Well, after six issues, for sure, the trade is going to get published. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's pretty much the, the industry standard of a trade. It's about five or six. Um, but there have been a handful of books, um, big two books, that have been, quote, unquote, canceled um, in the recent two years that I've been working at the shop that because of um, a fan uprising and people saying, um, no, we want this, that actually got uncanceled. 
so uh, it, it's definitely it's been done uh, in the past, and I I will hope that I mean given the fact that Jen is saying that it, it is such a good book, um, I would hope that its fans would definitely um, be vocal. I yeah, hope, definitely. I, I hope so. they are. They already some like uh like um um IO9, Gizmodo, all those places they were like, Well like why are you canceling this? Like it's 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 pretty good. Like you don't there was no need to cancel it. Especially when you have a book like Mosaic out that I've like I I I do actually like Mosaic. I like Mosaic. <laughs> like, I do like it, but how many issues do we sell in the store? Yeah. It's a very low selling um, book and it makes me super uh, annoyed when I hear people online not here but when I read people online complaining about the fact that um, Marvel and DC mostly Marvel repurpose their uh, their characters and when they make uh, for example Thor a woman or uh, when they bring in uh, X-23 and, and make her Wolverine mm-hmm. uh, and they complain and they say why not make fresh new characters? Well people here is a fresh new character Mosaic is an inhuman who just came fresh onto the scene and nobody is reading the book. Yeah, and it's, and a, it's a good it's book. It's a good book. It is really good but Sales are so low, like yeah, it's just, like but it's still one that hasn't been canceled. Yeah, I was gonna say, and the fact mm-hmm. that they're so low and still not canceled, that's uh, that's interesting too. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I don't want them to cancel it. It's it, it's a good book. It just makes me wonder why they chose to cancel um, the Black Panther and uh, the crew so early mm-hmm. on. Right. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. It, that's that's a little fishy, guys. <laughs> I think. It's always fishy when it comes to the big two. Well, my cheeseman is Constantine is going to be coming back uh, with the actor that plays Constantine, Matt Ryan. Uh, It's going to be an animated series on the CW Seed, which I just found out. Um, It actually, on the CW Seed, you'll find uh, shows like Constantine, Birds of Prey, DC Spotlight, DC Animated Movies, The Vixen Cartoon, which I haven't started, but I'm going to. I'm excited for that one. You posted that. There was something called CW Seed, and that it was going to be compiling all of these <laughs> shows in one space. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Uh-huh. I was really excited to see that, and uh, I, I'm excited to uh, to see a lot of the shows that I've been wanting to watch and mm-hmm. now know that they're all in one spot. I'm excited. Especially CW, because yeah. CW does not go onto <laughs> Netflix <laughs> you anymore. Know, and, and I think um, I think uh, maybe this is their ploy. Like, uh, oh, actually, no. They don't go on Hulu. They don't go on Hulu. But you have to wait until so they're they go done on and go on Netflix. Yeah. 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 But as of right now, um, we I've, for one, been bitching and moaning about why the hell is it not on Hulu, because now I have to go and log on to CW. Yes. And, yes. And so you know what happens? I don't do it. Right. Exactly. That extra mm-hmm. step, I don't do it. Exactly. Yeah. I feel the same way, because I have to watch it on my iPad versus... On my TV. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. You feel my pain. I feel your pain, totally. (laughs) So, um... But I think I'd be willing to log on for this uh, CWC for sure. Yes. Um, There is no release date yet, just saying that it's going to be out uh, between 2017 and 2018. Um, So I'm pretty excited about that. 
Um, so um, I guess you guys watch out for the CW seed. Also, um, my cheese is uh, we're going to be at the East LA Comic Con. The address is 4545 East Cesar Chavez Avenue in Los Angeles, and that's May 20th. So come by and say hello. Um, we will also be uh, June 3rd. Uh, we will be at Heidi Ho Comics at 1431 Lincoln Boulevard in Santa Monica for Wonder Woman Day, the 75th anniversary. There will be Ooh. prizes. There will be uh, scavenger hunts. Um, there will be crafts. Yay. And it's free, guys. It's free. <laughs> yes, so, totally free. Totally free. So that's, that's our cheese, my guys. Oh, and I just wanted to uh, add a little bit um, to the uh, East L.A. Comic Con. We will be giving uh, away raffle prizes oh, there, yes. too. Mm-hmm. We have um, some super cool prizes. Each of us are going to be picking our favorite book um, that we have uh, read and talked about so far with uh, up to this episode 13. And um, it, they will be there on our booth uh, table for you to look at and peruse and to also... Um, Put your name down to win a copy of your very own. So we'll be drawing uh, winners for that, and we will be giving away prizes. And um, if all goes well, we'll be recording on site. So come on down and say hello. There are free events, guys. So support the free um, events out there in L.A. And um, this is going to be the very first East L.A. Comic Con, so support that. Great. Awesome. Yay. It's the malted liquor. What gets you drunk or bigger? What comes in bottles or in cans? Beer. Can't get enough of it. Beer. How we really love it. Beer. Makes me think I'm a man. Beer. I could kiss and hug it. Beer. Turn around and chug it. Beer. Not my belly out of here. I could not refuse it. I could really use a beer. 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 All right, guys, now it's time for our beer review. Jen, what are you, what are you drinking? <laughs> so today our beer is brought by the Belmont Brewing Company, located in 25th, 2539th, please? Yeah. On uh, 25 39th place. Yes, that's right. 25 39th place, Long Beach, California. So oh, this so like in Belmont Shores. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wondered why it was called Belmont sometimes. <laughs> I wonder about my head. <laughs> so uh, this company has been making beer since 1990, and they are the oldest brew pub in Los Angeles County. Are you serious? Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So uh, they say that they have uh, they make their beer um, via seven barrel system. Uh, they have two fourteen barrel fermenters, two seven barrel fermenters, and as well as seven serving tanks. They produce one thousand barrels annually. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> And it says, due to their demand and limited brewing capacity, they are only able to brew ales. Oh. Mm. That's all they do is exclusively ales. So what we're drinking is a strawberry blonde. It's a strawberry blonde. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and it is, it's a strawberry blonde, and it is a fruit vegetable style beer. The alcohol is a 4.5 ABV. Mm. So I've been drinking this beer uh, as you um, guys have been talking about your cheesemen and as uh, we were going uh, into what the beer was actually about. And it's so funny that I could not place the taste until you said that it was strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I just kept drinking little sips, little sips. I'm like, what is okay, that? I know it's kind of fruity, but 
what is that? And now that you say that, I can taste it clear as day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I feel the same way. Yeah. So this beer is, has actually won a bronze certificate in the 2001 California State Fair and a bronze medal winner in the 1997 World Beer Championship. Ooh, there's a World Beer Championship? Yeah. I guess so. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly... A world championship and to be a small little brewery in Long Beach, California, and to Mm -hmm. win, um, to medal in that kind of, to you go up against the entire world. I mean, countries that have been brewing beer since the dawn of time. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty. That's That's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty impressive. So what do you guys think? Let's. Oh, you know what? I'll start. Okay. Um, I really like. As soon as we opened it, the aroma yes, was amazing. It was. Oh yeah, it smelled fantastic. It's um, it's really nice and fresh. It's definitely something I could drink in the summer. And um, I really like those those tarty tones of of strawberry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's kind of like a um, sour aftertaste. So yeah. I'm gonna give it a full. So yes, the bouquet is very very. Uh, fruity and strawberry. Now that I can identify <laughs> what that was that I was smelling, I I could smell the fruit. I could taste the fruit. I just my palate is so I I can never be a chef. Once <laughs> <laughs> uh, you tell me what it is, I'm like, oh yeah, I that's totally what it is. But I I can't ever come to that conclusion on my own. Um, I am not a fan of tarts, but this is super light. It's not overbearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yes, just like you said, uh, it would be a good summer ale. And I am an ale girl. I really love ales. So um, this is uh, definitely I was a little bit worried that it was going to be really, really, really like, I mean, sours are a type of beer, but that's what I thought, that this was going to be like a soury taste. But it's there's the really strong strawberry, and then it kind of like peters out into you can taste all of the just the other beer flavors uh, mm-hmm, all, mm-hmm. all across your palate. And then um, you get that little bit of tart kick at the end. So, um, like I said, I'm not a big uh, fan of tarts, so I will go for a partial. Excellent. What about you, Jen? Um, I like it. Um, when I first tasted it, I wasn't sure. Because um, at first it had a very kind of, well, it tastes like an ale, basically, mm-hmm. which is fermented fruit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, once, like, once I was on like, the third or fourth sip, I got past that taste, and I really, really do like mm-hmm. the strawberry taste. And it's not too sour, which I really like. Yes. And it's super light. And it's like Sarah said, it would. It's a great summer beer. Mm-hmm. It's super refreshing, and it's it's a good beer to like chill with. Oh, absolutely, yeah, for sure. And yeah. I, I I do like the strawberry taste a lot. It's, yeah, it's pretty good. And the more I'm drinking it, the stronger it actually has uh, gotten for me. So mm-hmm. yeah, it kind of lingers mm-hmm. a little bit. It really does. And I do like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm stuck between giving it a full and a partial. Mostly because I don't drink ales a lot, and but I do like this. This is like the fancier, prettier version of Angry Orchard. 
<laughs> you know what? Yeah. You're absolutely right. And and, uh, and I'm glad you said that because for me, this is something you would kind of like start off somebody who doesn't drink beer like this mm-hmm. on a regular basis. I think that it's a good starter beer. Yeah, definitely. Like I didn't like Angry Orchid, so oh, yeah. this is why this is why I'm a bit like it reminds me of that, but it's better. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a fan of Angry Orchid either. Yeah, it's it literally tastes like rotting fruits, <laughs> and, and it doesn't have uh, any puzzlement. But you know what? Just because it's the prettier, uh, better version of its cousin, I'm gonna give it a full. <laughs> nice, mm-hmm. I like it. So just as a reminder, our um, beer rating system starts at flaccid. Uh, goes up to initial, then takes you to a partial, where it comes into a full, and then the top, tippy top, is a rigid, and then if it's an oh my god, there's no better beer ever, it's a Super Saiyan. <laughs> and I like to describe the Super Saiyan as like teenage uh, morning boner. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're struggling to find out what a super saiyan is, that's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> so this uh, strawberry blonde, uh, what what is it called? The strawberry blonde? Uh, no, it's just strawberry it's just blonde. blonde. Okay. Strawberry blonde ale. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this strawberry blonde ale by the Belmont Brewing Company um, received a partial and two fulls. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, and as you guys know, uh, we were at Free Comic Book Day at Heidi Ho Comics. Uh, we had a table Yay. there, and as promised, we did give out some conchas, fresh conchas. Yes, fresh conchas. Um, we were all there, but we were all doing different things, yeah. so I just wanted to go around the room and ask what was your favorite thing about Free Comic Book Day. My favorite thing about Free Comic Book Day was just the fact that the community came together to celebrate comics. Uh, Free Comic Book Day is a worldwide event where local comic book shops um, put together, they they put together events that can be anywhere from just giving away the free comic books that the uh, publishers uh, publish specifically for that um, reason, or like Heidi Ho Comics did um, and a couple of other comic shops in the area, uh, actually made it um, a big event. Heidi Ho Comics did a Heidi Ho Comic Con where we had creators and artists and a whole bunch of um, different uh, comic book industry people come in and have booths. And it was just so awesome to see so many people come in. I love to see the little kids get excited. There was a Captain America walking around and they all ran up to him to take a picture. And it was so just like endearing to see them be so happy to just be there and to be around uh, their heroes and around comics. And I just really enjoy the community part of it. Absolutely. I got to agree with that. I mean, it was uh, the kids were just awesome They're And they're so, just so easy. They, you know, you give them so little and they just are so <laughs> amazed and happy to talk to you and everything. And the parents. And I really love the fact that uh, Heidi Cole Comics, Comics is a uh, pet friendly environment. Mm-hmm. So there was this one little dog and um, his name is Crypto. Yeah. And he was dressed <laughs> like a, a little like Crypto. It was really, really yeah. cute. It was super cute. Yeah. It, it was cute. Um, uh, my friend, who is not into comics at all, but who always um, comes every year to volunteer and help out, told me a funny story that she was sitting next to um, this uh, the woman, the owner of the dog, uh, is actually a, a regular in the shop. Um, and she was sitting next to her, and she said, oh, look, your dog is dressed as super dog. And the regular said, 
it's crypto. <laughs> Do you even know who crypto is? <laughs> and oh, she was wow. so offended. <laughs> and my friend was like, my friend was like, sorry. <laughs> you know what? And that happens a lot oh, oh, in comic book shops. So don't take offense to it. It's, it's yeah. a normal thing. <laughs> She wanted she wanted her um, she wanted her props for <laughs> for dressing up uh, her dog as crypto. She wanted it to be accurate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyways, my favorite part about Free Comic Book Day is the sheer amount of new customers that we get. Mm-hmm. I I absolutely love helping people finding out new series that they want to know about, and the, if they're just curious, I'm just like, fam, I got you. <laughs> like, I got you. I can help you. I can I can like. Deliver you, <laughs> but it's it's uh, and you see all these new faces, people coming in and admitting they're like, oh, I've never been into a comic book yeah. store, and then telling us your store looks amazing, your store looks great. It's not my store, yeah. but I'm just like, mm, I gotta take a little bit. <laughs> I do work here. I do work here. I help yeah. with the upkeep. Yeah, that entire graphic novel wall is my baby. Yep, <laughs> it, is, it is. It is my baby. It is my child. Um, She's going to come back many, many years visiting that wall. And, uh, yeah. what, what have you done to my what wall? What have you done to my wall? <laughs> <laughs> but that is what I love. And a lot of those people said, like, oh, we're definitely going to come back. And mm-hmm. I have seen some of them oh, who cool. have come back. Oh, and good. Like, yeah, we were here for free comic book That's day. That's awesome. And, like, well, I want to follow up on this. I want to follow up on that. And I'm just like, yes. You, the free comic book day is doing what it was That's intended. Absolutely, that is absolutely mm-hmm. what it was intended for to get mm-hmm. people who are not comic book readers into comic book shops. Yeah. So that makes me really happy to hear. Definitely, and he's just like that is that is my absolute favorite part of free comic book day. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I love it. I do love it. And you were really busy. I mean, every time I yeah. turned around, I'm like, whoa, she's super busy. How was doing multitasking? Exactly. Uh, for me, the uh, the I, I go as a, a spectator. I don't work at a comic book shop, but in this in this free comic book day instance, I was able to have a table for Comadresi Comics. So my favorite thing was talking to everyone that came up to the table for a free concha. It was just really awesome to get to meet a lot of people that go to free comic book day and bring their kids and a lot of Latinos that were really just, really just a feedback from them saying that they... Um, they're really excited to hear our podcast. I hope you guys like it, and um, you guys were my favorite part of Free Comic Book Day, definitely. Each one of you guys that came up to talk to me, I just am so grateful because I was really literally feeling like I had irritable bowel syndrome <laughs> <laughs> up until they opened the doors, and then I just, you guys made it so easy, and I just want to thank you guys, the listeners, the people that came up and said hello, the people that took a concha, or the people that just... You know, took a card and just walked away. I don't care. You guys said hi to me. Thank you. So that was my, I, I'm so grateful that you guys let me represent the podcast. And I was just, that was my favorite part. Definitely. Well, you did an awesome job. Like you I said, I was in the back. Job. And so many people came out and said, oh, my gosh, you're Kristen. And uh, Sarah told me all about the podcast. And I'm so I'm so happy to hear that you're doing this. And I really um, am happy that we did get such great uh, positive feedback. And I'm really sad that I missed out the opportunity for being at the table. And I look so forward to being there at East L.A. Comic Con. Oh, absolutely. Same it's going to be great. And, guys, we promised to do a Batman Piñata drawing today. So, Kristen, if you will do the honor. Yes. Yes. 
<laughs> shuffle, shuffle, shuffle it. And like every true Hispanic, we have it in Tupperware. <laughs> Here we go. And the winner of our super cute Batman piñata is... There's no last name. I will not put the uh, the phone number. It is a 562 uh, phone number. Uh, but Cole is the winner of our Batman Piñata. Congratulations! Yes, congratulations, Cole! Congrats. Yes, you did it! <laughs> we will, I will be texting you or calling you, whichever. Have fun beating Batman to death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, guys. Thank you so much for participating. For those of who entered the drawing, um, we will have more drawings in the future, so stay tuned for that, guys. Um, so that concludes our free comic book day uh, yeah, summary. Really summary. 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 Yeah. Cool. All right, guys. What are we re- What are we re- reviewing today? Well, Jen, let's. Since Jen is literally bouncing up and down in her chair, <laughs> let's let her talk about what we read today. Yeah. So today we are reviewing Young Avengers. By Kieran Kieran Gillen and drawn by Jamie McKelvey. Nice. Young Avengers. <laughs> anyway, this interpretation of the Young Avengers, uh, the team is Hopeling, America Chavez, Novar, Wiccan, Kate Bishop, Hawkeye, and Kid Loki. Yes. Yes. Now, this series came out back when I was first getting into comics. So it was one of the first series that I read along with Captain Marvel and Jonathan Hickman's Avengers. And this series has a special place in my heart. I love it so (laughs) much. Because it has... uh, Because America Chavez had come out in a previous series before this, but she hadn't been a super big part. Mm -hmm. And this really fleshed out her character. Yeah, it did. And it's... So good. I do love it. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm very, I, I, you know what, it was, um, I'm not going to lie, it was a little difficult for me to read, only because I wasn't familiar with most of the characters, mm-hmm. yeah, no. but um, once I wrote them down <laughs> and kept track, track of them, because I, I, I felt like I needed to do that, um, um, I really loved it. I love the dialogue. I love the dialogue, the dialogue and, and, and the uh, the kind of uh, kind of like the little uh, kind of back subject matter for me. Mm-hmm. I loved, which mm-hmm. was um, you know that kind of feeling you get when you disappoint your parents or they're like overbearing and stuff. That's mm-hmm. what I got from this comic book. Yeah, you see, because when I first started reading this comic, I was about their age. Okay. Oh, I, see, I was, yeah. I was in between. The I'm not in high school anymore, but I'm not 20. Right. Yeah. I wasn't 20. <laughs> I was I was still a teenager, but I wasn't an adult. Right. And legally, 18, yeah, you're an adult, but yeah. you're kind of not. And yeah. I'm still kind of awkward with it. So I just resonated with these characters so much. The fear of disappointing your parents, mm-hmm. of trying to do everything you can to be the best person you can be, and of... Trying to f- the with with Kate Bishop discovering sex, dis- sexuality. Yeah, yeah. Mm, who are you interested? Like, ev- 
everything about that just immediately called to me. And when I first read this the the comics back when they came out, I had just been coming to terms with my own bisexuality. Mm-hmm. And um it just helped me so much. And I didn't know many of the characters like you guys back then. It was only after I had finished the series where I basically dropped all my money and just <laughs> be like, oh, I'm going to follow up and read on all these other characters. And I gave this book to my best friend, and she loved it too. So it's this book has a special place in my heart because it – to me, it captures well. They're superheroes and they have their superhero problems, but in its essence, it captured a moment when I was when I was feeling super awkward, yeah. super. I was in a bad place, and this book helped me a lot. Absolutely, I agree. Um, that um, actual um, one of the main things that happened, the big issue that happens uh, with the character Billy, mm-hmm. um, his heart was in the right place, which is what a lot of teens do. Like they make a lot of decisions, or they jump the gun and do something um, based on you know the kindness of their heart, but then it goes horribly wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I got that a lot from this book, and I just I I did remember how it felt to like try to do the right thing or try to be really spec uh, you know try to do something for someone else and yeah. then it go horribly wrong yeah mm-hmm. because i didn't think past just doing it for the person right yeah um and then not seeing the repercussions it might have in this case the world yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can have a little bit more to deal with because you know like just one thought and you can alter reality yeah you know and, and i thought it was really really i really liked the, the way they explain things without like spoon feeding it for instance uh-huh. when loki was like you know, it o- it could only be like a daydream, and it'll just go wrong. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. with him, with Loki. Um, I mean, with Billy. Yeah. Who uh, he is a reality warper. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. I had the same uh, initial reaction that you did, Sarah, in that I'm not familiar um, a lot with uh, a lot with a lot of these characters. Um, Kate Bishop, uh, I am because she uh, she was. Um, Clint Barton's sidekick um, for a while in the Hawkeye um, Matt Fraction Fraction run. Mm -hmm. Um, And then now she is actually a solo title Hawkeye book, which I love. Uh, I I highly, highly recommend, yes, that you read the Hawkeye book where Kate Bishop is the main character. Um, Takes place in Los Angeles, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it does. The Um, West Coast. um, And... I knew of Wiccan. I knew of Hulkling. Um, I was mostly the whole time like, why is Loki young? What happened? What did he do? What's going on? Like, I kept getting <laughs> distracted because I wanted all these answers. So I actually did the same as you did, um, Sarah. I did a whole bunch of, like, um, Googling and, like, wiki searching and stuff to try to get a little bit of background on some of these characters. Um, and I, the one thing that I came um, out of this reading this book feeling or enjoying was the fact that they're kind of, yeah, they're superheroes and, and yeah, they have a lot um, to shoulder um, when they're dealing with, you know, saving the world almost uh, every day. But they seem to be kind of like a, a bunch of like, uh, they don't really fit in um, into uh, each one of them has something that for themselves or just from for society as a whole they don't necessarily um fit into a quote-unquote superhero mold right 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 exactly so i enjoyed that 
Uh, and I enjoyed the storytelling. Um, I'm really uh, – Kieran Gillen is uh, somebody that whenever I read, pick up any of his books, I know that I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I do – like I said, um, it, this comic book did not really spoon-feed any information. They kind of sort of made it part of the story. But there was particularly – like you were saying, why is Loki young? There's a particular panel where he kind of is talking to us, the audience, and mm-hmm. he is telling yeah. us what happened yeah. mm-hmm. and why, you know, he's um, – he's young yeah so i thought that was pretty cool um i did get a sense of where these characters are um from this book at first like it was kind of a shock i don't know who anyone is yeah Mm -hmm. um no one's familiar um except loki yeah and he's he's a kid so i'm Uh, like what what's going on um but um as the as the progression of the story goes i do get a feeling for each of them so it's not like i'm kind of left hanging um, high and dry. I mean, I do get a feeling of where they're coming from and uh, some character development along with the storyline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a good time to mention that the reason why we chose this book uh, is because um, uh, America Chavez is kind of one of the main, we follow along the main storyline mm-hmm. that she is telling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we chose this book because um, I really wanted to, well, because Jen couldn't (laughs) wait to have us read it. But also, we really wanted to have um, something to read um, to give us a little bit of background before we read the America um, series series that has now, I think, on issue issue four will be coming out next. So, yeah, issue three, issue one, two, and three is out. Um, Second printings, and I think maybe even third printing of issue one, but second printings of two and three. So this book, um, for all the complaints of people uh, saying that uh, they don't want, um, uh, what is it, the the social justice warrior uh, (laughs) storylines out there, America is a queer Latina superhero. Um, and, uh, she's already, uh, issue three is already on second printing. So, um, it's definitely selling. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that, uh, it's, um, I love her character. I, I, I really love her, like, no, she doesn't take any, any crap. And mm-hmm. the fact that she always just wants to punch things, that that's how she wants to punch solve problems. problems away. Yes. Yeah. Just, uh, I, I really, not that I identify with that, but I can appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> I think every Latina can. And especially just how she approaches everything very directly, very bluntly. Yes. Like, I think yes. that itself is a very Hispanic Latina thing to do. Like, we don't we don't cut, like, we don't dodge around things. When we want something, we want them done now. Or else my mom wouldn't have yelled at me so much <laughs> <laughs> to get things done. Um, yeah, I, I, like you were saying, yeah, I do love that about her character. She's she, It almost feels like she's a seasoned hero. Like, she knows that it's like, uh, she, she her tact is like, let's do this now let's get this done now like you're not you know like she doesn't give explanations and there's no like drama she's like no you're not gonna yeah. come no mm-hmm. we're not gonna do it this way no you know yeah. just, um and everybody else is sort of like kind of like I, I would i felt like they were still feeling their way through the superhero thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but with her she was just like bam 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 like, she's like i'm a superhero this is what i do exactly mm-hmm. like you know and I found it really charming when they're like, oh, you have, like, billions of years of homework waiting for you. And she's mm-hmm. like, see you. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
I, I just thought she's just um I don't know I really I really dig her I, I loved her dialogue um it was just really good I really liked it <laughs> and it's interesting that you just brought up that panel um, because the premise of America um, her her title series is that she goes to college. She finally catches up on all that homework. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I thought that that was a really awesome premise um, for um, not only a superhero, but for a Latina. Um, la- la- Latinos and Latinas um, are part of the group that um, are, they're marginalized when it comes to um, higher education. Mm. And so the fact that... Uh, Marvel is taking uh, one of their um, their Latina characters and not only making her a title character, giving her her own ongoing series, but then also treating her like a freaking normal, smart woman, human being, and mm-hmm. having her experience the things that normal Latina women experience all the time. I think that that's really awesome. You know, now that you mention it, like, to me, it's a given, like, oh, she's going to go to college. Like, that's the thing that you do. But now that I think about it, I, to this day, I know uh, when we were girls, when when I was a girl in high school, there was still some girls who were didn't know if they were going to go to college or not, mm-hmm. not because they weren't smart, but because they had other duties. Yep, exactly. Other responsibilities. Yep. And their mother, their father, yep. or whatever parental guardian was just like, you need to stay home. Yes. You, and this was still a thing. And it's not. I know it's not a major thing now, but it, it's, it's still something that affects many women. Yes. There's many Latinas because um, I feel like for Latina women – more responsibility is mm-hmm. dropped on us. Yes. Like, we we are expected to take care of siblings mm-hmm. if we have them. Mm-hmm. We're expected to take care of our parents before, like, in via all causes. Like, it doesn't matter if they're doing healthy or if they're, or if they're not. Or if you're supposed to be there to help them. Yeah. It's a thing. And I just, like, in this book, she doesn't have her mother. Mm-hmm. She... Uh, uh, spoiler alert! Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, she has moms, uh, no yeah. daddy, <laughs> and um, and I feel like that adds a unique nuance to her character and to the Latina identity. Like, what happens when your mom isn't there? When, yeah, in this case, your moms aren't there. Yeah, and and I just I really love America Chavez so much because I think that she is she's more carving out a hole into the Marvel Universe more than any other Latina character has. Mm-hmm. I love Spider-Girl. I love Anya Corazon, but who knows a lot about yeah. her? Yeah. I love White Tiger, but again, I we only have like one or two trades that are still available to order mm-hmm. off of Diamond, and I'm running. I'm already running dry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you brought up some good points um, as far as what is expected a lot of time in traditional Latino households. Um, when I was working with high-risk and at-risk youth, um, specifically girls, um, it was not uncommon for the moms to um, to tell, or for the girls to tell me that their mothers tell them that the that 
it was okay for them to miss school or that it was okay for them to not do their homework because um, they were they weren't expected to go to college. Mm-hmm. Then they were expected to stay home and to help with the home the the household duties and help with raising the children. Yeah. In fact, most of the girls um, that was what they were doing already, and which was some of the reasons why they were missing so much school because they were taking over um, the duties of um, of child care and taking care while the parents were working. There was nowhere mm-hmm. for them to, um, nowhere that was affordable or nowhere that they were able to trust. And so it fell to, for the most part, the oldest um, the oldest daughter in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, the so cheapest child care is your own, is your own older daughter. My mom to this day, um, uh, lives by the the fact that she waited till I was 12 until she had her second child because she <laughs> planned that I was going to be a built-in babysitter. Yeah, and for those listeners who, like, cannot relate to the Latinas and, like, how our parents probably didn't expect us to get an education and go to college, um, just, you know, there are movies out there, like, Real Women Have Curves, mm-hmm. where the mother tells the daughter that she's not going to go to college, she needs to work mm-hmm. and help out the family, and then there's, like, Water for Chocolate, where the youngest daughter was um, expected not to marry and take care of her mom mm-hmm. as she got older, um, so this stuff you know, it, it actually has carried on through the years. Um, for, in, uh, for instance, um, you know, that's not something when I was growing up, they didn't really talk about, like, let's say for the college fund or anything mm-hmm. like that. Or they didn't say so. We didn't sit down and have conversations as to what college are you thinking of going to yeah. or anything like that. Um, the, that discussion really didn't happen. They didn't say, like, where are you planning on going? Are you going to go to, out of state? Are you, you know, nothing like that. Yeah. For a lot of um, first-generation um, kids, it's because their parents have no experience with that. Mm-hmm. And it really would frustrate me navigating the educational system that the counselors and um, the guidance people in the office did not understand that that was an issue, that they needed to be um, to be giving this information to uh, the parents in a way that they could understand it in Spanish, um, someone that could talk to them about what this meant and uh, financial aid and all this kind of stuff. Navigating that crap is horrendous. Absolutely, it's, absolutely, it's horrible. Um, and so when when uh, first generation in this country. Um, are faced with something that they have no experience with, then of course they're not going to be able to uh, sit down and have those conversations with their kids. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't only stem uh, to female, um, you know, elder siblings. It's also like, for instance, my brother, um, he is expected to go to college, but when I mentioned that going uh, to school um, in the East Coast might be better for him, his mom was like, no, he can't leave the house. Like it's yeah. like it's like um, maybe you do get to go to college, but no, you still have to live yeah. at home. Like you know, the, yeah. they will only let you go so far. Like it's just, <laughs> it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. You, sometimes you have to like shock them. You gotta hold them by the 
by the shoulders and just shake them and say no. <laughs> or just, you know, bounce. <laughs> <laughs> or just leave. Yeah, no. definitely. Um, so we're not condoning that, but. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing that Jen brought up that I wanted to um, point out as well is that, yeah, she doesn't have mothers, so she's making um, a lot of these decisions and things on her own. Yeah. But one thing that Jen pointed out that um, – that she that they talked about in the book and that we were talking about earlier is um that i was asking well who you know where did she go who did she who raised her whatever and jen said it says in the book that no matter where she went latino families took her in mm-hmm. oh that is so cool oh. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm missing my sound effect but oh <laughs> so but that also just i think speaks to the culture of of the the latino community yeah, absolutely. Definitely, I mean, we're here sure. complaining about it, but in, it, it is a, a matter of fact that uh, Latino families will adopt you. Yeah, we, we will. Yeah. <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah. yeah, it is a thing, definitely. I mean, my grandmother, um, she would take in people who um, immigrated to the U.S. with no family, and mm-hmm. on Christmas she would invite them to the house. And, mm-hmm. you know, years later she's passed away, and I got stopped by a guy in the street, and he's like, you, that was the first year I spent here in the States, and she that was the best Christmas I ever had. Oh, I'm getting I know, I know. <laughs> and, I'm like, and that's kind of a legacy that my mom also had and my, my grandmother that, you know, that that's something that – you can't really replicate. Yeah. It really has to come from the heart. Yeah. And although we're mm-hmm. here complaining that, you know, like I'm the eldest and I would have probably had to take care of my mom, um, they are people that are, you know, they're so giving. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just sometimes these things are like so foreign to them. Um, but that's why we need characters like America to, yeah. to show us that there's, there's an alternative and you mm-hmm. can um, talk to your parents and educate them as well and you can be a force. Um, as a Latina female out there. And yeah. I love the fact that the book is going to um, focus on her going to school and college. Mm-hmm. So that's that's very exciting to me. I, and I love this book. I, I After the fact of getting unconfused, <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was really great. I love the dialogue, like I said. I also like the art, but I'm more... I was more uh, jazzed about their dialogue between the characters, and although they're so different, they came together. Um, mm-hmm. And no, and you know what I loved about it? Even though Billy did something really wrong, um, <laughs> they were all able to back him up. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. Loki, who I feel is struggling with his former self, like it's his like dark shadow. Am I right? Uh, opposite. <laughs> the dark shadow has taken over Kid Loki's body. Oh, that okay. phantasm was what used to be Kid Loki. Oh, okay. Because oh, okay. The, the, kid, the, the entire storyline of Kid Loki makes me so terribly sad. Aww. And I always, like, get a little misty when I think about it because it was done so well. Also by Karen Gillan and just saying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but basically the, the plot line for Kid Loki was in Journey into Mystery. And the fact was that the old god Loki had died. The evil one that everyone thinks yeah. of, the like creepy one that was always gunning for Thor, he died. Mm. But then he was reincarnated as a child. A mm. true innocent child uh-huh. who didn't know the sins of it was kind his of like former self. his former self. Kind of like but he like he lives with the legacy. And sort of like right. Damien? No, just kidding. <laughs> go ahead. Damien, I don't know which Damien you're talking about. But I'm going to go ahead and say yes. But <laughs> I was thinking the omen. Sorry, just throw it out there. Sorry, go ahead. But basically, um, uh, Kid Loki was reincarnated, and Thor found him and took him in because he still had faith that his brother was good. Mm-hmm. And in this re- instance, he was good. Yeah. Kid Loki 
was good in all manners of the word, and he proved it. However, the old Loki had left a phantom copy of himself, who then tricked Kid Loki into basically giving up his soul so that the old Loki could oh. invade it. So in this storyline, it is that old Loki that has oh. taken over Kid Loki. But the memory and the basically... The essence. The essence of Kid Loki is still there and it's haunting him. It's like, what are you going to do? Are you gotcha. going to do the right thing or are you going to be a jerk oh. kind of thing? Are you going to go down the same path? So he really did want the power to just... Yeah, for himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. He was just trying to trick him. Yeah. He was just trying to trick him. I've always, in all iterations of Loki in the books, in the movies, or everything, I always put all of my faith in the fact that he's going to do the right thing, and my heart gets broken every time. <laughs> 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 like, that's why Journey, Journey into Mystery is so good, and it breaks my heart every single time, because he did everything. He proved that he was good. He was the superhero. He was the good guy. He did everything right, and in the end, he still died. Oh. And I was just so like, fuck me up! <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's so, oh, God, like, that's that's... That's legendary. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's making. That's, yeah. That was so good. Like, I legit cried. Like, oh. I was in tears. Wow. I love that book so much. <laughs> like, it's just, it's so good. But I'm still fond of Kid Loki in this one because now you get to see that he is living with the consequences yeah. and that this new Loki is going to be different because mm-hmm. he's living, he has been affected by the actions of actual Kid Loki. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyways, that's why he's a kid. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. <clears throat> but one of my favorite things about this book is the rapport between Kid Loki and America. Yeah. And oh, in the yeah. Fir- and in the first book of America, her solo series, when they ask, we ask 100 people what America means to you, you see, well, in this case, it's Teen Loki. Uh-huh. And he's just all like, she's like, she's a babe who hits. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, I I really enjoyed this book. I'm so glad you guys let me uh, read it, and we are reviewing it here for the um, the 13th episode. Um, it it's um, it's interesting because it'll make you want to like research the other yeah. the other characters. And I really, like I said, I can't get over the great dialogue between the characters. It only um, gets better. It gets better. Oh my god, I can't wait. So I, I just really enjoyed it. Uh, for me, I really also um, I've I've uh, I can't remember what the book is that I'm reading where Wiccan and Hawkling, um are um, a big part of the book, but um, this mm. is um, my my first like foray into a lot of their like background and stuff like that, and um, the fact that they are a superhero, um, same sex, uh, gay couple. I just love. And the fact that this book, when was this book out? In 20, was it 2012? 2013. 2013. Okay, so the fact that Marvel was doing this back then, I mean, that wasn't that long ago, but, I mean, there's still so much flack about, I mean, we were talking earlier about um, all of the negative commentary on the Internet regarding America and her um, being a... Uh, a, a title character who is uh, who identifies as queer, and I think that um, the fact that Marvel has been doing this, uh, you know, for a while, uh, I I really enjoy reading uh, them together. Their storyline—they're so super cute. 
They're they so are. cute. They're they really are cute. adorable. They're <laughs> so <laughs> I love them. I yeah. know. They're just so. And the fact that all this got started because um, because of love. He wanted to do something for his boyfriend mm-hmm. and, and help him out. And uh, he, he saw that he was hurting and he thought he would be able to do something to help that hurt. Yeah, basically just uh, extra dimensional parasite is all I have to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just thought it was so clever. Extra dimensional parasite. What? (laughs) (laughs) And what I really like about this book is how they manipulate the panels. Mm. Oh my god, yes. How is there's this one scene where Kid Loki is rescuing Wicked yes, and, that was and, love and, that. and Teddy and it looks like it's yes. just blank panels and like they're in cages and how they maneuver throughout the mm-hmm. whole thing. It's like they're using the edges of the pages yeah. in that in like extra movement. I love that. Mm. It's a bit That was so clever. It had a bit of a Deadpool vibe in that way. Oh, that uh-huh. it kinda has a fourth wall breaking. Mm, yeah. Where Kid Loki talks to you, the reader mm-hmm. and like the panels themselves they look like empty panels mm-hmm. and they seem to be in, trying to like reach out of the page yeah like that i love that, that yes was, that was yes. like absolutely oh because uh, actually this book i noticed and i kind of wanted to download it but i didn't think my phone had enough space on it <laughs> but it, um, it has augmented reality um uh, oh yeah what do you call it? Uh, it is an option. There you go. Augmented reality option. So in throughout the book, there is a little uh, red square that has the white lettering I AR. I was wondering what that and was. if you have the app on your phone, you can um, just, like, hold your phone over the picture, and it will be, it'll look like it's come to life, and it'll do, like, some weird, strange. I've actually downloaded um, an app for a different book. I can't remember what it was. And it was super cool. Cool. Um, yeah, when you go awesome. through and you and you look at it through your phone, and especially these days with the big iPhone sevens or tens or whatever is out, I mean they're so big. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I liked a lot of the variants. I want the Scotty Young variant. I saw in here. I, so, I don't have it. I have never seen that one. <laughs> I'm always surprised when I see ones I've never seen before, like the the Legacy one that we I oh, saw. Oh my right. gosh! I'm a huge Scotty Young fan. Um, so whenever I come across a, a variant cover of a book that I've never seen before, I get super excited. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, that's what that was, and oh. um, it it tells you in the beginning that um, it's. Uh, I think I read it somewhere um, that it has um, that option that you can uh, download the app. Oh, in the back, yeah, it talks to you. Um, you can. It's free. It's a free Marvel augmented reality app. And um, in the back, there's an index of the different pages and what you'll actually see. And not only um, is it like a a virtual reality type thing, but I guess there was also like some in-depth bios and some of the characters and stuff. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to download the app as soon as I clear some memory on my phone for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the other panels I really like, I'm so glad you guys are talking about the art right now, but um, there was a scene where Marvel Boy or Mobar? No, no, Mobar. Mobar. Um, he, uh, he comes into a, like a fighting sequence and it shows you sort of like a map, like one of those maps you get at, yes. at, at uh, Disneyland. Yes. And you see a map and then there's a little glossary uh-huh, uh-huh. just to let you know what he did in yes. each step. There's like one through what, 13 or 12? One through 12. One through 12. And um, he tells you in each segment what, what he did um, on the one through 12 hits. 
that he hits, but it's sort of like a map, like a Disney map. And I thought yeah. that was so clever. I thought it was so clever, too. And, in fact, it's not the same artist, but they use that um, thing in America Number 1. Really? I, yeah. Yeah. They, it, where she is, um, she's going to college, and it's her college campus, and it has the whole map, and then it has the thing. And mm-hmm. it looked so familiar because I had just read the book. Um, and so I was wondering if that was just kind of like an America thing that they were going to be doing throughout the books. But I really like it. I really dig I, it. I totally dug it. So <laughs> I know. I, at first I was like, what am I supposed to be doing? But then, you know, like you know, like I said, they don't spoon feed you this stuff. You, they just present it and you just kind of dive into it. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that about this book, how it surprised you with, the, you know, the AR now that I know. Yeah. Um, and now uh, and that little panel that they had. I mean, you know, that's something new. I mean, I thought comics couldn't bring anything new to me, and now it's, it's it, this stuff. I mean, I like it. I like it a lot. It's I like how they're I like how they're going a different route and just throwing it in there, and hopefully the you know the reader will catch it and enjoy it as well. And I I totally dug it. If anything, it's innovative for sure. Yeah, I'm wondering if it just didn't catch on because they don't do that in the books anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but and maybe it was just before its time because you know virtual reality so. is a big deal now these days. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but definitely they, before its time. Yeah. I think. Um, and I think maybe just back in 2013, not everybody had the capability of of having iPhones, or you know uh, they weren't as easily uh, accessible. Uh, to people, maybe I don't know. And back then, I remember that a common um, um, a common complaint about the app was that it froze up oh, because people's phones couldn't handle oh, the capacity for yeah. it. And now, with, you can do almost anything. Yeah. You, can, you could do anything with an iPhone that back then, but now you can do even more. Right. Like, yeah. And now phones have that capacity. Mm-hmm. You can have a 300 gigabyte phone, so like sign you the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, someone told me the other day they don't even make 16 gig uh, iPhones anymore. It was me. And <laughs> I was like, I still have one. And I was like, man, that to me is like a, a godsend because um, I always went for the cheaper option uh, and I always regretted it because I'm, I'm <laughs> there I am all the time with that dumb message. Uh, you can't take a picture, or you know, there's not enough memory, or and there I am deleting my my poor niece and nephew pictures <laughs> for Christmas <laughs> so I can download an app so I can read my comments. Oh my god! That's, that, wow! Oh my god! <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, favorite scenes? Oh, gosh. I'll start off first. Yeah, yeah. My favorite scene is when we get introduced to the ghost of Kid Loki. Mm, and yes. we and he explains what's up. And my favorite is the last three panels on on that scene where he says, where Loki says, "Oh, I miss it so. I know what I want, but my wants have proved a poor master. Damn me, damn you all." And it's that, that was he, a great that was a great scene. scene. And that's what hammered it to me that he begrudgingly has changed. Yeah, he's not Kid Loki, but he's not old vengeful Loki uh-huh. either. He's trying to find out what he is which is a very kind of teenager thing yeah it's yeah a, for sure mm-hmm. and so i love that scene i love it so much i love how they make references to hamlet 
Yeah. I yeah, thought that was yeah, really yeah. clever. <laughs> I'm just like, I love this so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the panels where, um, you know, like um, the art is just, I really love the art. It's ex- expressive. I love, I have no, no complaints about, you know, you know, how they draw the fi- the female figures or anything like that. That's really great. My favorite scene was definitely the one with the little map. That oh was, no, rise! Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was just like yes. I I didn't know you could do this, but I'm glad you like surprised me with something new, and I really enjoyed it. And I don't even think there was dialogue there. It was just like the little like um, table of contents, yeah. and mm-hmm. yeah, and I loved it. And it was a two-page yeah. spread, so I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So my favorite um, was early on in the book because I am a big uh, uh, Kate bishop hawkeye fan um her interaction with norvar (laughs) was just so funny to me oh yeah and (laughs) she just he's so over the top and so just like jen got like said flamboyant and that would like describe (laughs) him to a t but just her interaction with him and she's just so just like She's not enamored with him, but she's just really, like, uh, basically along for the ride. Yeah. Like, yeah. having fun with it. Yeah. And I really, I really like that. And um, it, it made me laugh at some point where um, he... He's like, well, of course I'm helping you because you you haven't introduced me to the, that human um, that that human thing that you said uh, that you called um, what was it hot makeout session? Yeah, <laughs> hot makeout session. <laughs> I thought that was so cute. I love the way he talks. Yeah, I yeah. definitely love that because it's so. You know, and she calls him Space Boy. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just totally she, cute. It, um, even though he has all this power. He and and there is a connection actually there um, with him and America. I think um, based on what I read um, in my my wiki my 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 wiki uh, information search that I had today. Um, but he has all this power. He's like super super powerful dude, and she's a human who can shoot arrows, but she totally has the power in that relationship. Oh, yeah. Man. Absolutely. <laughs> I can totally see that. I that. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And just to go further, in the America comics, uh, I love the entire thing, and I love uh, everything about it, but my favorite is uh, the third, the issue, the cover for the third issue because in the background you can see some a chick and she says cyclops was not right yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i love the artwork itself and it's it's her yeah. and the and the and the um, um that group the, the with the super complicated name <laughs> but it's so basically like a sorority in the school that she's oh yes to, yes yes and they're like fighting with the x-men um, and it's a, a bit of an homage to, I believe it was Kitty Pride, not Kitty Pride, no, yeah, to Kitty Pride's, um, uh, uh, when Kitty Pride was first introduced to oh, that okay. Kitty Cyclops is not right. You know, mm-hmm. Jen cannot pass up an opportunity to make digs at, at uh, Cyclops. Cyclops, yeah. <laughs> y'all don't know, y'all really don't know, but I have an ongoing grudge. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. <laughs> Someday yeah, we'll find out, one. guys, someday. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys uh, rate this book? So, Jen, what do you rate this book? This um, uh, book has proved true to me once again. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's not three conchas. It's the entire panaderia <laughs> and with all the, all the champurrado. Like, it's this book 
owns my soul. <laughs> I like it. I like how that mm-hmm. book has touched your soul. I yes. like that. I like how you bring it into one book. That I like that. Um, I give it three conchas and champurrado. I really, really enjoyed this. I love how um, how colorful it is. I love the dialogue. I love references to Hamlet and vintage and parents and you know um and i just uh, the dialogue i really i really love at first it got it it took me some getting used to but once i was in i was in you know you you just brought up something that we didn't really discuss but that definitely worth mentioning is that um there is a lot of um the parents of all of the heroes uh play a big role in this storyline and that's Mm -hmm. also something that's very definitely teenager Mm -hmm. um i mean there's a lot of weird things going on with the the parents that are uh that do come back and um are after them uh trying to kill them spoiler alert but (laughs) it 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 brings up a lot of issues for some of these um kids and so i think that that was part of the storyline too that was really um Kind of really deep at at certain points. Absolutely, yeah. and I think um, that's what um, grabbed me for sure. Because I mean, I think we could all identify with um, b- the fear of disappointing your parents, mm-hmm. or you know, they had another idea for you that you're not. It's not part of your yeah. life right now. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that part. Um, three conchas and a champurrado for me. Okay. So I, I I mentioned to Jen earlier that I was kind of underwhelmed by the story because I was so trying to figure out who everybody was and what was going on <laughs> that I think that I let that distract me from it. So I'm going to have to definitely give it a, a reread. But because of that, I don't have any champurado, but I do have three conchas. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. I like that. Yay. I'm glad you guys liked it. <laughs> Just as happy as when you like Ghostwriter. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that concludes our review of the, this comic book. All right, guys. So what is on your radar? What is on your radar, Kristen? Okay. On my radar is a book that came was brand new this week. came out on Wednesday. It uh, is called Misfit City. It's a Boom Studios book. It's a boom box property. And it is written by Kirsten Kiwi-Smith. Now, it's co-written, um, she's a co-writer with Kurt Lesgarten, but if you, um, if that name sounds at all familiar to, to you, Kiwi Smith has actu- is actually um, a screenwriter. She is the amazing um, brains behind Legally Blonde and 10 Things I Hate About You. This is, yes, this I is, like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is her first comic book that she's written. Um, and it is, um, it's an adventure comic that she wrote, uh, in the vein of those 80s adventure movies like Goonies or Monster Squad, E.T., Raiders of the Lost Ark. And she says that she's had this, this idea rolling around in her head because she felt like as a girl, she didn't really identify with a lot of those characters in those movies because they were boys. And she wanted to be able to see herself up on the screen having these adventures. And girls were always the ones playing with dolls or in the background. And that, uh, and she has a quote in an article I wrote. Uh, she had a quote that made me laugh um, where she said, she says, um, it's not just straight white boys who yearn for adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I like that quote. No, I that like is, that quote. That is so true because I remember as a kid, um, uh, when we would make up games and stuff like that, um, I would make treasure maps. 
Yeah, I would I would lead all the neighborhood kids on a quest <laughs> to find this mysterious treasure, and it could be anything. Yeah. It could it could yeah. be anything. We didn't even really settle on what it was, but we would quest through the neighborhood looking for the treasure. I actually loved Goonies as a kid, and I ah. mean there there were so there were a couple of girls, uh, but the one one was a pretty girl who just was along with her boyfriend, and I don't remember who. Uh, I I remember the actress, um, but I can't remember what her actually role her actual role was. But uh, Kiwi's right in that it's mostly just boys who are out there uh, mm-hmm. going on these adventures. Um, this comic book actually um, is super cool uh, because the whole premise is that. Um, it's set in a fictional town that is completely, without a doubt, made up after Astoria, Oregon, which is the city that Goonies was uh, filmed in. Wow. And uh, I have um, I have some family connections in Astoria. My stepfather is from Astoria, and as a child, I would go and visit his side of the family during the holidays and stuff. And it's such a cute small little quaint town it's a fisherman's town um and as an adult i've been back um i love it there and their claim to fame is that um goonies was filmed there there. and so it's it's really super cool this storyline is kind of like a, a not a parody but it's like an homage to goonies in that these girls live in this town where everybody comes because this um, Goonie-like movie was filmed there, and and they get so annoyed. Um, one of them works at the the local museum mm-hmm. that is a you know has all of the um, set props and stuff like that. Basically, they find a treasure map, and uh, it has the promise of of uh, leading them to treasure. So, um, I've only read the first issue. Uh, like I said, the first issue was out this week. Um, and I'm I enjoyed it. I'm really super excited to see where it goes. But the Commodity Comics tie-in, um, dun dun dun, <laughs> that I had no idea when I picked it up and was really kind of uh, in like surprised and shocked about it, is that the illustrator is a queer Latina. Hey. <laughs> What are the chances? So, so uh, Naomi Franquis, she's Puerto Rican, and uh, she is the uh, comic book illustrator for Misfit City. So um, maybe when this trade comes out, we can uh, go ahead and um, read it and talk about it uh, a, in six months from now. Excellent. <laughs> yes, I'm totally down for it. I like adventure. <laughs> <laughs> What's on your radar, Jen? So on my radar is actually, well, this is a bit of old news, but uh, the film Your Name, which is an anime film, uh, is available to see in the U- in some theaters in the U.S. and it is the highest-grossing anime film in Japan. It beat out Spirited Away. Oh wow! Yes, and so it's it's really good. I don't I know, watch anime, and I know about Spirited Away. <laughs> 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 it's just it's it's really good. I I've, I've gone to see it, and I I, I cried. 
Great. Yeah. Like, I, I love it. I love it so much. But basically, the premise is that um, there's a girl. She's deaf, and she was made of fun of. She was bullied by this other kid, who then kind of comes back later, and they're like in high school, and they something happens, and they switch bodies. What? Yeah. Cool. That's so, kind of awesome. I love body switch stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's the premise of it, and it's just kind of like a like oh shit like. Hard being like you know disabled in a community that doesn't mm-hmm. look too kindly upon yeah. uh, people like that. And the f- to further things along, the manga that it was based off called A Silent Voice, volumes one and two are well, it's about seven volumes long, maybe a little bit more. Uh, but it is uh, it is available to order and it is available to be bought. But they're going to be doing a manga adaptation of the movie itself oh. that's going to be coming out, I believe, in June. Cool. So uh, I definitely recommend going to see the movie when it's possible because it is a great film. And it is, I believe, on par with Studio Ghibli. And so I definitely recommend going to go see it. And if not, then maybe pick up the manga and see if you like it. <laughs> Excellent. Um, have you read the manga? Um, I haven't read the manga adaptation one, but I have read A Silent Voice. Oh, and cool. it's very good. Nice, nice, excellent. Um, what is on my radar? <clears throat> it really doesn't have anything to do with comic books, but it does have to do with women. And um, in an alternate universe somehow, um, I don't know if you guys have heard of A Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's based on a book. Um, which I am going to read after I see the series. Um, but it uh, depicts um, a society where women um, have been reduced to just their... In a society where there are uh, very little child um, births, yeah. um, they have... Uh, all the men have kind of taken over the major roles and women are just reduced to certain aspects mm-hmm. of duties. Uh, the handmaiden herself, she does some light uh, housework, but she is responsible for bearing the child of uh the master of yeah. the ha- of the home who is married and everything's kind of based on um around religion um so that's just kind of a, a kind of like when i watch it i just feel like in a world where trump is our president i just feel like it's it hits too close to home <laughs> and uh it, and, I, and it's a very good series so if you um are wanting to find Something new to watch, definitely watch that. It's on Hulu. Or if you want, rather read the book. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's a, it was a book that was written, really, it, it was the was it the 80s or the 90s? It's Margaret Atwood, Yeah, right? it's Margaret Atwood. Who has written comics, by the way, so... Comic Ooh, book, it comic is comic book related. Margaret Atwood has Bazinga. written. <laughs> she has written a comic book. The most, the one I can think of off the top of my head is Emma Angel and Catbird. Okay, something along oh. those lines. We have it at the store. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I actually, um, and when it, after I'm done with the Neil Gaiman stuff I have in my car right now, I'm going to check to see. It, it's on everyone's radar right now, so. Uh, uh, hopefully, there's an audio book that's available at my library that I want to put on hold and get to because I like to read the source material before I watch the the movies or TV shows. So um, I definitely wanted to. That's a, a show that I want to see, um, but definitely a book that I want to. I don't want to say read because I'm going to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel that it's like um, the budget on it is really good. Uh-huh. Um, I I feel like it's really done those very well. who, those uh, Hulu and Netflix originals are amazing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i also feel the same way about um um amazon prime uh oh, series oh, too yeah. as well 
Very well done. Mm-hmm. I, I think they they're going to be revolution, revolutionizing the movie yeah, out there as well absolutely. because they they're actually filming movies. That, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think we're 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 seeing something new that is evolving. So I'm I'm really excited about that. But this this is uh, if you want to feel disgusted almost after every episode, <laughs> then by all means watch this. <laughs> absolutely, because you know what, it really sucks. But um, maybe not a lot of you are familiar with you know what women struggle with on an everyday basis. Basis, and maybe this could shed some light and maybe you feel a little sympathetic towards us and not make us feel so fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it's and bitch planet. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's like hand in hand, guys. Yep. Yeah, hand definitely, in hand. Definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a sucker for dystopian um, future type books, so that's what really caught my eye. And the fact that the book has been around for so long, and I think, it had been kind of I had heard about it but the fact that the the series the Hulu series brought attention back to it and you're right in such uh, such a, a timely fashion mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely worth uh, checking out mm-hmm. absolutely I mean there's a lot of things that could possibly relate mm-hmm. to and it's it's so far beyond our reality but still I can relate to it that's kind of messed up guys yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um the show itself is not to be confused for The Handmaiden. Right, which, which is, is a totally different movie. Which is a totally different movie. But it's still worth it. Yeah. Watch it. It's that, so good. that is also on Hulu and it's on my to watch list. Yeah. So it's yeah. Great. Yeah. It's it, is it it's Japanese, right? Japanese. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or was it Korean? No, it was Japanese, right? I'm pretty yeah. sure it was Japanese. Yeah, I can't wait to watch that too. That looks really creepy. Yeah. Kinda cool. <laughs> oh god, it's so many things. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. A small follow-up. Uh, American God season two was confirmed. Yes. yes, I am so excited. I haven't started watching it yet, but I can't wait to start watching it because it's going to be on Hulu, correct? Where did I see? Was it? Net- no, I think they said. Was it Netflix? Was it right? Netflix or Hulu? Now I don't remember. But it's going to one of them. <laughs> it's going to be one of them. Yeah, and which I was super excited about because it's a stars um, channel show, and I wasn't really sure what their thing was. Where if their if their shows um, where they got picked up, or did they have something similar to the CW that you had to go to? Right, or, exactly. Or yeah. like um, AMC with, with Walking Dead, you have to wait. Um, for so many months or whatever, but or HBO um, that has their own app. Yes, now. yeah, exactly. So you, um, yes, I saw that it was going to be released, and now I can't remember if it was Netflix. I feel like it was Netflix, but I not don't quote me on that. <laughs> well, whatever it is, I'm gonna it. be anxious to just binge it because I'm uh, a big Neil Gaiman fan, so I can't wait to see that. I'm reading the comic. I listened to the tape. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I literally listened to a book on tape. <laughs> not CD, not um, not digital format, a book on tape. Um, and it was uh, American Gods. And oh my gosh, I loved it. And now I'm just at the library listening to all the Neil Gaiman stuff they have. Nice. That's super Yeah, because cool. the only Neil Gaiman... I'm totally opposite of what most people have um, done with Neil Gaiman as far as his properties. Most people have read his novels and then maybe ventured into the comics. I've only read Sandman before I, I read American God. So. Oh, yeah. Sandman. That's where I started and I was just like, dude, every time I see him, I just like have this goofy smile on my face and I'm thinking, my God, I would have loved to have married you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it was quite possible because he married a woman who wrote to him and said, I'm a photographer, and um, I think that my 
photographs are missing something, could you write some captions for them? That's how he met his wife. Really? Yep. Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> God damn, I need to be a photographer. <laughs> <laughs> or you just got to write uh, to the people that you admire. <laughs> yeah, I, I should have made that extra attempt, but no. no. <laughs> Sadly, I did not. Well, and he read um, uh, the the ocean at the end of the lane. He actually read the um, digital copy that I listened to, and his voice is very mesmerizing. <laughs> oh and he's he's reading nice. his. Um, Trigger warning: His uh, book of short stories. What I'm listening to right now, he's reading that one. Oh yeah. my god! I'm I'm. You nice. got me. You, you <laughs> had me at hello. I'm, dude. I'm so excited now. I I have stuff to do now. <laughs> I'm like so excited. Oh my god! I love his voice. It's so awesome. Oh, I I went to a panel of his in uh, Comic Con years ago, and I was just like mesmerized. Yeah. I didn't even get to sit. I was just standing in the back. It was amazing. I I love him. I love him. He is super talented I, oh I, yeah for a quick pick me up i like li- watching his um um him address the the chicago university of art uh he had he gave he was basically the guest speaker oh uh-huh and it is one of my favorite speeches oh that's it cool is so Ooh. inspiring and whenever i'm feeling down on creativity or just writing and just be like why be able to actually make it in this i listen to his video and i'm just all like i might oh yeah. that's awesome you gotta share that on the page all right I'll, I'll share it yeah absolutely I, I i can't wait i'm i'm excited you guys have given me so much content I'm so <laughs> excited. Oh my God. yeah um yeah i i haven't followed up but um i i follow on his works with uh with david mack how david mack sometimes he makes a, a painting or a mixed media piece and then uh, Neil Gaiman put, adds words yeah. to it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that uh, I think they've done that twice. So that's the stuff I follow, and I, I just love Neil Gaiman and David Mack, and I can't. I, it's like amazing that they're friends. I'm just like yes, <laughs> the cool guys. I could just. It feels like they're the cool guys at the table in the cafeteria, and I'm just like, just sitting there, just watching them. <laughs> <laughs> they're those icon- iconic duos. Yeah. Yes. That where you like. You can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. It's like Kieran Gillen and McKelvey are now a, like a team to me like that. When they they're doing Wicked and Divine, when they did Young Avengers, mm-hmm. and when they they're going to be doing another book as well. I don't remember what it is. That sounds familiar to me, actually. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think a friend of ours shared it on social media recently. Cause I think I remember reading that. It's probably Kevin. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I'm stumbling for my words, like Stanley Jack Curry. Just kind oh, of, you yeah. can't you can't think of one without the other. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, girls, I think that brings us to the end of our episode. Yes, it does. All right. All any right. any shout outs? Uh, I have a shout out to everyone on Instagram to follow us on Instagram at Comadres Ecomics. And please follow us on Twitter at Comic Comadres and shoot us a tweet with suggestions, questions, queries, burns, <laughs> something. Give me something, y'all. Any, anything, guys. Anything. Um, I actually wanted to remind you guys that we're going to be at the East LA Comic Con at 4545 East Cesar Chavez Avenue in Los Angeles. This Saturday, May 20th, it's a free event. We're going to be at a table. Come down, say hi. We're going to have conchas. Please come by, say hello, take a picture with us. We'll post it on our page. Uh, We are also going to be on June 3rd. uh, We're going to be at 1431 Lincoln Boulevard in Santa Monica. That's at Heidi Ho Comics for Wonder Woman Day, 75th anniversary, guys. Yay! Come down and see us. We're going to be there. 
It's a free event. Bring children. Everybody's welcome. Yes, and uh, Jen and I will tell you all about George Perez's Wonder Woman. <laughs> we will. We will. And we'll have prizes, guys. So come on down. Join us. All right. I think that brings us to the end of our episode. We have been your hosts. I am Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jennifer. Bye, guys. Thanks Bye. for listening. Bye. Ciao.